Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, boys and girls, for yet again another special edition of the Michael Deacon program. So glad to see you out there. Joining me this evening, it is my great pleasure to introduce to you the return of Max Egan. Highly controversial, highly respected indeed. He is an activist musician and filmmaker. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. And yes, I'm seeing the regulars in the chat room, and I'm glad you are here. And remember, boys and girls, you too can get involved tonight. And we do have a new number. And if your heart desires, you are invited to call in whenever you'd like. That number is 760-332-8944. One more time, 760-332-8944. Now, without further ado... Let's get down to brass tacks and bring in Mr. Mike Hideous, my co-host, and mix Mr. Max Egan. I was going to call him Maxwell. One moment. And now I do have Mr. Mike Hideous and Mr. Max Egan, who I called Mr. Maxwell a moment ago. 
<laughs> I'm not sure why I called the Maxwell. I'm being proper tonight. So, Max, how are you? Welcome back to the program. Always a honor and pleasure to have you here, my friend. Good to be here, Michael. Thanks for asking me back on, brother. I'm well. I'm well. I'm recovering. I had a, a broke my foot not too long ago, but I'm I'm getting pretty good. So I can walk around now. Still can't run, but I'm I'm good. You broke your foot. Yeah, I just slipped on the steps and broke my foot, and that, it, it was actually perfect timing. I was I was due to go to Mexico three days later to speak at Anacapulco. Um, I broke my foot. I couldn't travel. Had I gone to Anacapulco, I would have ended up in Peru, and I would be in a um, absolute severe lockdown situation right now in Peru. Had I not broken my ankle three days before travel, so wow. providence, as it as it were, you know, spirit didn't want me to go. I know. Somebody didn't want you to go. I was flooded in and all sorts of stuff, and I'd already figured out how to get through the floods. There's no way I was going to miss this flight, you know? Word. So spirit just said, okay, you're not listening, so break your foot for a while. How's that? So, yeah. (laughs) And then the world just changed since the last time we spoke, Max. The world changed a week later. And it uh, was quite amazing, quite amazing. So, um, you know, had I, had I not broken my foot, I'd be in a terrible, terrible position right now. I'd be trapped in the jungle in Peru under lockdown with a, a 4, 4 p.m. curfew, only allowed out for one hour a day uh, with no flights out of the country and no travel back to um, no travel back to Lima to be able to get out. So, you know. Interesting. Very interesting. Yes, these are interesting times, and I've been catching up with you on YouTube, and I'm glad to see you out there living healthy and looking healthy, and I'm very jealous of you, by the way. It's beautiful out there in Australia, and your scenery, my God. Yeah, it's nice. I've been kind of doing that. I mean, I've had a break from the radio shows. I mean, I've been doing the radio shows like weekly for nearly 12 years, and it was just starting to get to me. I just needed a break. There's so much editing goes in, in into all the shows every week and all this sort of stuff. And while people are in lockdown, I thought, well, it'd be good for them to see what the world's really like. We have excited <laughs> peacocks in the yard here. Um, I like that. And um, obviously enjoying the show. Nice. But um, I thought it would be good for people to get out and see see the surroundings and, and see you know what, what it's like outside. And, and in fact, the more they told me that I should stay home, the more I actually feel like going out and exploring the parks and all this sort of stuff. And so, you know, they've actually encouraged me to go out a lot more now they've told me I can't, you know. Right. And now as a preamble, I wanted to ask you about your background and what you represent, Max, just to start with the basics here. Oh, look, freedom, brother, is what I represent. Um, I've always lived on the outside of society. You know, I, I woke up, you know, when I was four years old, something was terribly wrong when I found out we had to buy land. And I left school in my third year of high school. I just thought this is ridiculous. Um, and I just walked out and became a musician and lived on the outside of society for, for my whole life. I just never participated. I've never filled in a tax form. I've never voted. I've never, I've just, I've never ever participated in this system. I've just always lived outside it. I don't have a cell phone. I don't have a smartphone, all this sort of stuff. I don't have a credit card. I just, just don't do any of that stuff. And, um, I've always lived that way. I am so jealous of you right now. Well, it's just the way I went, you know, I just never went into that. I just never went into that world. I never started filling out forms and doing that stuff. It always seemed completely ridiculous to me, you know, and, um, they tried to say I've got a Spurgis syndrome and all sorts of stuff at school because I just didn't fit in. I questioned everything. I used to get kicked out of all my classes and all sorts of stuff, you know? Right. And, um, you know, so 
you know, I, I just, I just never participated. So I kind of got got to this point, and then when when nine eleven happened, I mean, like so many others, you're seeing, well, actually, now it's it's sort of serious, you know. So you know, it's I very figured serious. That, you know, it was it was it was time to participate, time to time to at least make a noise and, and explain to people that there's a there's another world out there that they don't have to really, you know, they don't have to do what they're told. They don't have to live in this paper based reality. So yeah, I mean, I, I only really speak out because it, it needs to be done. And um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 about freedom. That's what the whole thing is about. And even even with what we do and all this sort of stuff, you know, like um, you know, the so-called truth movement. You know, well, the truth is that no one knows what the truth is, and and even even that is a loaded term. The truth movement. It should be the freedom movement. Let's let's discover. Let's establish the freedom to find out what the truth is. You know, rather than all, all arguing over our belief systems, because the truth movement is essentially a whole bunch of people arguing over their belief systems. It doesn't get us anywhere. It know, really and, and really, it should be about freedom. All these, all these mysteries and problems exist in the first place because we're not free. So, I think the focus should be on that personally. You know. Well said. And by the way, on a complete side note, Max, I'm looking at a photograph of you here in the live chat room, and I can't help but think you look just like Cliff High. Do you know Cliff by any chance? I don't, but a lot of people. I mean, I've seen pictures. I mean, we do look similar. You know, one one head, two eyes, beard. You know, shaved heads. Are you are you I, sure I, you're not similar, Cliff? But you might be his twin. I think I think people get to get to the age of you know fifty or sixty, and they've got a they've got a sort of greyish beard and a shaved head, and they wear glasses, and people go, "Wow, you all look alike." Yeah, you know, well, it, it's just kind of being being human. I think. Understood. Um, but understood. yeah, similar in many ways. Two, two arms, two legs, one torso, one head, two eyes. You know, <laughs> close to that. And we're all one, as they say, Max. <laughs> as the hippies like to say. And Max, I've got to ask. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I've got to ask about COVID nineteen, Max. I wanted your Look, your thoughts and opinions. I've looked into this. I've gone. I've looked out. I've gone to every rabbit hole. I've changed my opinion on it so many times, trying to figure out what it is. You know, whether it was a, a, a you know a bioweapon, whether it was five G causing it, whether it's this or that. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I think that five G can cause these type of symptoms, but I, I think the whole thing's been a hoax. I think we saw a, a show put out from China. I don't think there is any COVID-19. I don't think there is any pandemic, you know. Um, but there's actually a great that I've actually got up here on Skype, and I'll put a, give him a plug here. There's a friend of mine called Peter Phillips, and I don't know him very well, but he's made a video, and he sent me this little text here, and it's, it's brilliant. He's, he's summed it up, and I'm just going to read it to you. It Go says, ahead. most doctors and scientists are well aware that we are born with a countless variety of cellular viruses that are grouped together under the umbrella of coronaviruses. By dint of that fact, every human on Earth can have coronavirus. These viruses known as exosomes reside in every cell of your body. They're an essential part of the human immune system. Exosomes remain dormant until cells become toxic. When that happens, they activate to detoxify and protect the cells. It is this detoxification process that can give you the symptoms of a mild to severe cold or flu. Cells can become toxic for a number of reasons, including trauma, fear, stress, shock through injury, drugs, electrification, and radiation from mobile phones and cell towers. They say that uh, Wuhan you know, had 5G first, so that, that could have been it. But unlike germs, a virus, an exosome, cannot survive for very long outside the host body, nor is it airborne. You cannot physically cough out a virus or sneeze out a virus. The only way you can catch a virus is by injection or ingestion, i.g. if you are bitten by an insect that carries a virus in its saliva or you have an injection that contains a virus. 
Okay, so what we're seeing with COVID-19, I mean, they've, they've re, basically renamed exosomes as COVID-19 and told us it's a virus, and they've locked down the whole world to protect us from this terrible pandemic. And when you look at the death figures, nobody's dying of anything else. Nobody's dying of anything else. Like no heart attacks anymore. There's no no nobody's dying of pneumonia anymore. No one's dying of the flu anymore. <clears throat> the seasonal flu just isn't killing anybody this year. And when you look at the death figures, you can look at say the UK for um, January to April 2019. Look at the number of deaths, and then look at the number of deaths for this year. And it's actually about three or four hundred less than what there was last year. So where's all the dead people? What, what's going on? Where is this pandemic? There is no pandemic. It's a media-driven uh, hoax. And it's got everybody scared of these, these exomes in their body, which are all going to be there. And everybody's going to be getting sick just from staying home and being stressed out about the pandemic. So anybody that they test for is going to come up positive. You know, and now they want to bring in contact tracing apps and all sorts of stuff. It's, it's a scam. The whole thing is a scam. There, there is no uh, pandemic. It's a complete hoax. You know, then what exactly and it's cruel is as well, because mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're isolating people. They're getting old people and they're saying you've got COVID-19 and they're isolating them. So they die alone away from their family. This is torture, locking people up in their homes, telling them they can't go outside. You can't go out in the sun. And we're going to take your parents from you and let them die alone. This is absolutely diabolical what these people are doing. So what's really happening, Max, with, with these individuals who are uh, losing their lives? Allegedly. People die of things all the time, brother. If you look at the look at the death rates, you know you have you have thousands upon thousands of people die from the seasonal flu each year. Um, you have people die of heart failure. People die of, of you know collapsed lungs, all sorts of stuff, respiratory failure. If you look at the the figures, um, nobody's dying of these things anymore. We've got the normal death rates in every country that we've always got. And they're just recategorizing everything as being COVID-19. There's a policy in the United States. It's a doctor, I think, from uh, Minnesota or something like that. Um, and he, he's, he's saying what he, – he does, did a video on his phone and posted it online because he was so stressed out and desperate for people to know. And he's saying, why are we categorizing and assuming that everybody who comes into the hospital has COVID-19? See, that's what they're doing. If, if someone comes into a hospital now during this so-called pandemic, they told everybody to stay home or put all the operations on hold. So the only people we'll have coming in here will be free people to, to treat this terrible pandemic. So everybody who comes in there, they're saying they're assuming that they have COVID-19 and they're treating them as they have COVID-19 until they find out otherwise. Now, one of the treatments for COVID-19 is to put people on a ventilator machine. If someone goes into hospital and they've got pneumonia, and you put them on a ventilator, it's going to push the liquid deep into their lungs and it's going to kill them. This is why 80% of people that they put on ventilators uh, are dying. Yeah, 75% to yeah. outbreak. I, I agree with you on that. And, and, a large amount of people that do get hooked up to a ventilator will check out about 75 to 85%. And that's pretty insane if you think about it. Yeah, and, and why they're doing this, why they're, they're automatically categorizing anybody as a COVID-19 patient is because Medicare has determined that if you um, put someone down as a COVID-19 patient then the hospital gets a $13,000 payout from Medicare for having that patient, and if that patient goes on a ventilator, they get a $39,000 payout. Right, so they're basically saying, "Well, here we'll give you forty grand to terminate this person, lock them away from their family, let them die alone, put them on a ventilator, you'll kill them." Oh, COVID nineteen, not a problem. 
You know, that's the way they're doing it. It's an absolute scam. And there's so many doctors and nurses speaking out about it. And there's supposed to be all these this major pandemic and the, the hospitals are like war zones. They're literally putting uh, putting medical staff off in certain places. Like Dallas has been putting medical staff off. There's, there's another city that's been putting medical staff off. Um, there's there's um, nurses and doctors here on the Gold Coast are saying the hospitals are empty. Um, staff are, are being given time off because there's just no no patients there. So it's a scam. It's a media-driven scam. People die of everything all the time. You know, it, it happens all the time. And by by recategorizing exosomes as being a virus and then putting people in a stressful situation, they can basically say anybody's got COVID nineteen. They can they can by putting these tracing apps in, they can trace your contacts with anybody. If you speak out about against the government, they can simply do a test on you. Say, oh, you've got COVID nineteen. Now we need to go and trace everybody you've contacted, and they're going to get all the activists and all the people, all your friends, all your circle, and take them all away, put them in quarantine for their safety. You know, it's a scam. The whole thing's a scam. It's a- so you know, and anybody anybody that if they're talking about mandatory vaccinations, which they're talking about in here, and they're talking about um, people installing these these contact tracing apps, right. and the Prime Minister saying, well, at least 40% of the population have to install it for it to work, and if we don't get it up to 40%, well, we may have to make it mandatory. I mean, this sort of stuff, this is this is a complete violation of human rights, and, and vaccines is a violation of human rights, a violation of the Nuremberg Code, which says forced, coerced, and mandated vaccinations are a violation of these principles, violation of Article 6 of the UNESCO 2005 Statement on Bioethics and Human Rights, Article 6, Section 1. Any preventative diagnosis and therapeutic medical intervention is only to be carried out with the prior, free, and informed consent of the person concerned based on adequate information. The consent should, where appropriate, be expressed and may be withdrawn by the person concerned at any time and for any reason without disadvantage or prejudice. Article 6, Section 3, in no case should a collective community agree or the consent of a community leader or other authority substitute for individuals' informed consent. So any government is attempting to force vaccinations on their people. This is essentially an act of war by the government against the people according to the Nuremberg Charter. This is an act of war, these people. If this, this prime minister, this parasite in this country thinks he's going to forcefully vaccinate these people, he has declared war. His government has declared war upon the people of the country under the Nuremberg Charter. This is what's going on. So people need to wake up to what's happening. They really do. And earlier you mentioned the cell phone tracking system going into play. That's a Google and Apple joining up, teaming up. And that's quite interesting. I had figured long ago, well, months ago, that this would be taken advantage of by those in the higher-ups, and that's exactly what's going on. Pretty soon, we will be ID-tagged, and it will be mandatory if you want to keep your job and your livelihood, and maybe even going to the airport, you might even have a special ID. That will happen if people allow it to happen. That's the thing. You know, and that's that's the thing. It, it, it's people's compliance to this. Like I said, if if they attempt to do this to you, they have essentially declared war upon their people. So why why are people going to tolerate this? I mean, my my first you know, response to any of this. Now, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear, but my first response to these people is, is, is who the frick are you? Who the fuck are you, people? Do you think you can do this? I mean, please please show me how you have any right of ownership over me. You know, and honestly. 
I mean, I just, I just won't take it. They'll, they'll, they'll have to murder me because I won't comply. It's as simple as that. And I have no stake in the outcome of this. And, you know, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to go into fear. I'm not going to do what I'm told. I mean, th- this is a huge opportunity for the people of the world to wake up to what is actually happening here. You know, your governments don't care about you. They've faked this entire pandemic. They put 17 million people out of work in the United States. They put everybody in fear, everybody locked down under house arrest to protect them. This is terrorism. This is an act of psychological terrorism that your government is carrying out against you in all of our countries. You know, and, and it's torture. It's torture separating people from their families, forcing people to die alone, and even spreading the concept that there is this terrible pandemic that you could die from if you get more than 1.5 metres or you know, closer to anybody else. This is ridiculous. They want people 1.5 metres apart because that's how the surveillance cameras work. And what they're doing, by the way, while everybody's locked down – especially here in Australia and in the United States and in England, is they are rolling out the 5G system. And not only that, they are rolling out surveillance, facial recognition, tracking cameras all through everywhere, all through Brisbane, all through the Gold Coast here, all through Sydney. They're rolling out this whole system right now. That's what they're doing. And by, by what they've done with breaking down the supply chains the way they've done, you know, there's going to be huge food shortages, and they'll say, oh, it's all because of this terrible pandemic that happened that, that caused that we had to be careful at handling stuff and can't accept this from here and that. All bullshit, all complete bullshit. They've done it themselves, and they'll move us into this complete bio-controlled society. And they're talking about taking down all the pensions. They say, oh, this prime minister is now saying he needs to take everybody's pension to, to prop up the big companies through this crisis, you know. So take everybody's pension, take everybody's money, impoverish everyone, create a welfare state, create a universal basic income. Everyone gets 100 grams of protein a day and they work till they drop. That's where we're going. And it's all to protect us from this terrible pandemic. This is rubbish. This is bullshit. They're all a bunch of lies, every single one of them. And all the people out there who think Q's going to come and save them. And this is all being done to rescue the children and take down the deep state. Okay, you're right. You've got people here in Australia being arrested for lying on the beach. You've got people being fined $62,000 if they cross the border. The, the Queensland government has collected $2.1 million in revenue just in the last three weeks alone. And you've got people being forced to, to walk 1.5 metres apart in Australia, New Zealand and everywhere so Trump can take down the deep state in the United States. Are these people serious? I mean, seriously, it's such a scam. It's such a scam and it's happening worldwide. And people need to pay attention, brother, because we are we are really heading into such a tightly controlled, technocratic controlled, and a, a bio controlled through the control of food. Yeah. You know, because there's not going to be any. You're going to have to have your little hundred grams of protein a day, and if you don't do what you're told and walk between the lines, then you get shut out, and that's it. You don't get your hundred grams of protein. You don't get to do anything. So that's what it's all about. This is a this is a tyranny and a technocracy the likes of people cannot imagine if they do not stand up and realize what this is really going on here. Everything they're doing is in breach of not only international law, but their own law as well. These people are a bunch of parasites. This whole political system is a bunch of parasites, and it's imperative that people wake up to what's happening. Now, I must ask, uh, Max, to, just to play devil's advocate here, what would it take for you to believe that there is a virus or uh, anything of that nature? What, what's, what they're saying here is causing all these deaths. What, what would make it real to you, Max? Dead people. Dead people. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 you know, uh, some some evidence of it. You know, uh, not not seeing the death toll for this time this year being actually less than what it was last year. Shouldn't we have people dying of normal diseases? Shouldn't people still be dying of heart attacks and dying of respiratory failure and dying of of the flu and dying of all these other things and car accidents and all this sort of stuff? I don't know. It's all. It's all COVID. It's all COVID now. Nobody dies of anything else. COVID-19 has cured all world diseases. It's remarkable. No one's dying of any shootings anymore either. No mass shootings. No other news. Hardly any news. No problems anywhere in the world. COVID-19 has healed them all. That's so, yeah, because, I'd like to see some dead because, people. That, that, that's, that would because, convince- that's because the media has – it's sort of a blockout. All they do is talk about this particular uh, – this virus – and those who are having, let's say, shootouts. I know here in America, in Chicago, I don't know how many hundreds of people die in Chicago every day from shootings, all gang-related, but you don't even hear about it. Even when we didn't have the COVID virus, they wouldn't talk about it. But every year, we would get the death count of thousands of people who were you know, gangsters who were shot or killed each other in, in, in shootings. But now that this virus thing has come about, that's all you hear on the news, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, why are they going to why are they going to have someone die of a bullet to the to the lung when they can bring him into the hospital to check him and do a test while he's there and say, "Oh, look, he's got these exosomes in his body. We can test him positive for COVID nineteen and get eleven or get thirteen gram while the body's here." Why are they going to say he died of a shooting when they can get thirteen gram by saying he died of COVID? And if they test his body, they'll find COVID in it because everyone's got coronaviruses in their body. It's the perfect scam. Understood. You see how that works, right? I, I you understand. see how that works. And, and, and there was one doctor who said, look, there's a doctor called Scott Jensen. He said, listen, if, if you, if you have a heart attack or something and you have a collapsed lung, respiratory failure, they take you into the hospital and you die there. If someone in your house tests positive for COVID-19, even though they display no symptoms, they will assume that you were in contact with that person. They will now mark COVID-19 down as your death, not respiratory failure or heart attack. That's what they're doing because they get 13 grand if they do that. And that's all they have to do is test someone in your home and say close proximity, yes, the likelihood of you. And that's on the form. That's on the freaking form of how you fill out the death certificate. It's crazy. This is what they're doing, and this is what the doctors are complaining about. So, yeah, I'd like to see dead people. Like I said, nobody seems to be dying of anything anymore. It's a complete scam, you know. And it's, it's, the way they've set up this this whole, you know, you get $13,000 if, if you're, you know, your, co- your patient is declared to be a COVID patient. This creates a financial incentive for this. This is virtually bribery. They're bribing people. And the hospitals are saying, well, this, the doctors are saying, well, this is not, not how we normally do it, but we're being told to do it. We've got these forms that have come down from high above, high up in the, in the management that tell us this is how we fill out the forms. So whoever's running the hospitals, they're getting a huge financial kickback by getting their doctors and nurses to misdiagnose patients. And none of them are happy about it. But if they want their job, that's what they do. You know, if they, but thankfully, there's a whole bunch of whistleblowers speaking out about it. But when you when you really see how this works, it is such a freaking scam, you know. And and people have to wake up to what's going on. They really do. And earlier you mentioned QAnon, and I've never been on uh, the bandwagon, as they say. I've never truly had any sort of faith in that. It seems like a giant psyop to me, Max. Absolutely it is, man. They've managed to get all the real patriots, all the people who would have stand up, all the people who should actually be seeing what's going on here, 
And I got them to sit there and believe that Trump's in there to bat for them. You know, the media's played their role perfectly by attacking him here and attacking him there. And the media switched sides. He's like, Fox is like a truth channel now, for God's sake, you know. I mean, how do how people buy into any of this stuff? It, it's ridiculous. There's so much theater in it. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's got people sitting on the sidelines waiting for mass arrest, all these, these sealed indictments, you know. Well, why are they sealed? How, how long does it take? If you get an indictment, here's a mass murder. I'll just, we'll just let them go on mass murdering and harvesting children and doing all this shit for the next three years because they were playing 4D chess and we've got to trust the plan and wait for the right time. I mean, it's a joke. You know, the plan is to lock everybody down into this technocracy and, and to keep all these people where they are so they don't do anything. And with what's going on around the United States at the moment, all this military out there, I mean, you know, when are they going to start going door to door and just taking people out? You know, the, the thing with the American culture, so many people, so many patriots in America, they'll sit down and say, oh, I got my guns, I got all this stuff, you know. And, um, you know, if they ever come for me, well, I'll, I'll fight back. Well, you've already lost. You know, you've already lost. There was one guy who got raided here in Australia for doing something or other. They had 30 cops come to his house, like 30 police officers. What are you going to do? What are you going to fight back? Seriously? You know, if you're going to sit there and think you've got to shoot from your, your home when they come to get you, well, you've already lost. And because ultimately everybody, they're all trucketarians anyway. You know, they're trucketarians. And I said a, a year ago, all they have to do is stop the food trucks and you can go and eat all the bullets you want. You know, the Second Amendment exists in case the enemy ever gets in the gates. Well, guess what? The enemy got in the gates in 1963 when they shot Kennedy and probably before then. You know, probably back at the end of World War II when Eisenhower warned you about the military-industrial complex. That he so, did. You know, I think people are leaving it a little bit late. And if you're going to sit at home and wait for them to come and get you, then you've already lost. You know, mass non-compliance. I'd like to see a huge just shutdown of, of, of all this stuff. Just just go outside a, a silent protest. You don't even need marches and all this sort of stuff. You know, I say to people when you get in all these marches and. Where are you marching to and what do you intend to do when you get there? Because you, know, you go there and you march down the street and you, you yell all this stuff and you, you get up there on the podium and you say all this stuff and you shake your fist and you all go home and think, we, wow, we did something. No, you didn't. You just went for a march and yelled at the wall for a while. What does that do? No, I agree. You know, it doesn't do anything. And, and when you do these things, the riot squad comes to make sure that there's a riot. That's why they're called the riot squad. They come to start a riot. All the problems are always started by the police. So you just go there, put yourself in harm's way. If people simply went out there and stood in front of the parliament buildings and just stood there and, and looked and just sat there and camped and didn't say anything, and just went outside and hugged each other and didn't say anything, it would be such a statement, you know. And you know what I'm hoping to see from this is is a, an opportunity for people for the blinkers to come off. I mean, they've kind of red pilled the whole world with this because it's 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 so fake. And it's so false. Maybe people will get touch in touch with that divine spirit within themselves, and, and put down all their barriers with other people, and, and just realize what's going on here. I mean, if if we look at it that way, it's a huge opportunity, you know. Yes, and all the individuals I've heard saying they won't take my guns and blah blah blah. We have a militia. And I rationally have to think these people are not really all there. If they really think they are going to outshoot uh, uh, the actual like army of sorts, uh, they don't have enough firepower to do that. They have no clue. It's really they have, no clue. They have, they have guns that will deliver. Um, like like a guns that will deliver like magnetically fired guns that they can deliver from helicopters. They can put a they can put a round in every square inch. 
uh, of a property, like digitally. They can fly over a property in a helicopter and they can put a bullet in every square inch of a 10-acre property just by doing passes of it and with total accuracy. With silent bullets, they're powered by magnetics that fire so fast that you can have like six or seven bullets in the barrel at one time. The technology they've got, I mean, the laser technology, the, the plasma technology, I mean, look what they did to Paradise, California. I mean, you know, if you think you're going to sit there with a bunch of guns and fight these people off, you're crazy. That's ridiculous. You know, what, yeah. what, you, what you resist persists. If people simply turned off their televisions, threw away their smartphones and got back in touch with each other and, and you know, the people around them, this whole thing would go away. I've been saying to people, if you want to cure the pandemic, turn off your television and throw away your smartphone. End of pandemic, you know? So, you know, that, that's the, the problem. There's no, there's no, um, no, no amount of firepower that can, that can, um, stop what's coming. What it, what it will take is, is us not complying with our own slavery. When they want to bring in these tracing apps, say no. And if they say, well, it's mandatory, well, it's fine. Throw, throw away all your smartphones so then it can't be mandatory. You know, if they put in all these facial recognition cameras and stuff, pull them down. You know, if the government here wants to put in a tracing app on our phones, well, okay, um, let's have all the politicians put a tracing app on their phones so that we can keep tabs on them. We can watch who they're going and making all their shoddy deals with and which children they're going out and raping. So we can decide whether these are people that we want to have a tracing app put on our phones because these people are actually our employees. And I think that they need to show us that they have a little bit of integrity because their actions this far – desperately sort of show to the people that they're actually a bunch of lying criminals. So, you know, if they want to put a tracing app on my phone, okay, no worries, you first. Let's see what you're doing. But then you can't put one on my phone because I don't own one. It's a good thing you you dropped out, though. I mean, Google and Apple, we've never seen this before. And now they are merging to bring us this contract tracing app that will probably be mandatory in the near future. Go ahead, Mike. Well, yeah, I was going to just say the day day it gets to that point where – they're going to put a tracer on my phone. I I will just get rid of my cell phone. <laughs> right. Well, they've they've got them on your phones anyway. I mean, your phone right. tracks every single thing you do. Your phone actually even has a barometer in it, so it knows when you get in and out of a car. It knows when you go up and down uh, stairs. It knows when someone else gets into the car with you because the air pressure changes. It, it does all that sort of stuff. So, um, what they're doing now is they're just basically asking you to giving you a fancy little app that looks like it's protecting you from coronavirus, but all they're really asking you to do is activate Bluetooth on your phone. Really, that's what it's about. Because if you activate Bluetooth on your phone, then your phones start talking to each other when you get really close to each other. And they want to know everybody who gets within 1.5 meters of everybody else. It's just basically teaching, uh, you know, convincing people to put Bluetooth on. And what, what Apple and Google are saying now is that, um, yes, it's it's an app you can download now, but because of its importance, they're thinking of, of uh, the new phones will actually have it built into the phone. So what they're saying is that what the new phones, the new models of phone will be doing is they'll just have Bluetooth constantly activated, which means your, your phone can be hacked into and accessed and everything traced and every, every single thing you're doing. All the time. Very easily. Um, they're just kind of telling, telling you that's what's happening. I mean, it's under the guise of this need to protect you from this terrible virus, which doesn't actually exist. Yes. And Max, I just wanted to mention, I remember messing with uh, many backdoor tools and remote access tools back in the late 90s, early 2000s. So I know a thing or two about Trojan viruses and how all of this works and how these tools back then were available to anyone really that wanted to mess with 
I, just computers and such, just like myself. And you were able to um, do everything imaginable, like turning on someone's webcam or looking through every single file they had or opening their hard drive, simple things of that nature. And through the works of Edward Snowden, you've come to realize a lot of the same tools now are no different from what they had back then, except now they are like supercharged. And I can only imagine what what's being used today. Well, yeah, and you think of the possibilities of this. I mean, if you're an activist, you speak out, they don't like what you're saying. They they um they come and they, they grab you and say that uh, we believe that you may be infected with COVID-19. They give you a test. They find exosomes in your body. Yep, there they all are. Then they just, you know, then they can say, well, yeah, we need to take you and they can access your phone on the way there through the Bluetooth. They can just dump a whole bunch of child porn on your phone. They can look at all your contacts. Right. The people that, I mean, these are people, he, the, all part of his activist community, go jump, dump a whole bunch of child porn on their phones as well because they've got Bluetooth access. They can even probably hide it in a hidden folder with a password that you wouldn't know was there and it was hidden as a hidden file. And they could find it and say, oh, look how he's hidden it and everything. You know what I mean? You know, how easy is it for them to set up anybody and to remove all dissenting voices under the guise of this uh, virus? And when you um, also look at what they can do, as I said, what they're going to do to the food system and get everybody dependent upon the state with a universal basic income on their um, 100 grams of, of protein a day. Um, I think there also there's a, a great some great information that's been put out by Sophia Smallstorm as well. I recommend that you you possibly even have her on for a chat. She's a very That'd very nice. intelligent woman. Uh, she's talking about Li-Fi that they're talking about as well. Now everyone may complain so much about 5G they may end up scrapping it and offer us well actually we can transfer Li-Fi through the you know Wi-Fi through the LED lights in your home which is probably what they would like to do as well because LED lighting is incredibly bad for you. It messes up your biology to a hideous degree. But they can also use that to transmit um, wireless signals through LED lighting. So, you know, that's they call that Li-Fi. Interesting. I've so never really heard that. You've I, got to I, wonder what that's doing to interesting. you as well. So there's so many, so many levels to this and so many options they have. But, you know, they can't – the thing is they can't do any of it unless we comply with it and we push it back. And I've been telling people to throw away their smartphones for 10 years. You know, these things are not your friends. You don't need to carry the internet around with you everywhere you go. Have a computer at home and just take a, a flip phone with you. And if you didn't even do that, if you didn't buy these things to begin with, they couldn't have removed all of the phone boxes, you know, because it's impossible to find a phone box anywhere anymore. They're taking them all away because they're trying to force people into these phones. Everyone needs to throw them away. Say, no, listen, we want the phone lines back. We want the phone boxes back. We don't want to carry these things around because we don't trust you. If you want us to carry these tracking devices around, well, you first. Let's follow you guys around for five years and see whether you guys are trustworthy because you're not, you know? So, you know, yes, anyway. I, I will have to look into that. I have heard of Y Vi, which basically is using Wi Fi signals to look through walls. That technology has been being worked on since 2013. Uh, by MIT and, of course, people in Hong Kong. Interesting. But yeah, I, I could understand how this sort of technology has been ramped up uh, ever since. So that that is something to look into, Max, for sure. Mm, yeah, Li-Fi, it's called. Just just look into it. It's uh, It signals through LED lighting. Interesting. And of course, not long ago, David Icke, was interviewed by, I'm forgetting who it was, my apologies, it might have been London, London Real, right? 
I'm not quite yeah, sure. Yeah. And fantastic and interview. What what exactly do you make of Mr. David Icke? Look, I don't know him very well. I've I've met him uh, a few times. Uh, he's always been very nice to me. He um, supports my work. He posted on his website. You know, he's always shared my stuff. Um, I've I've had sort of um, questions about some of the stuff he said in the past. Some of his more out there ideas, or whatever, as many people have. But whatever, whatever you think of him, whatever he's done in the past, or whatever he said, or whatever you think of his his more outlandish ideas. That interview on the London Reel is one of the best breakdowns of this situation I've ever heard anybody deliver. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, there were 68,000 people watching the live stream, I believe. It was the second most watched live stream in internet history. Wow. And it, uh, it had something like 7 million views in, in a couple of days. And uh, then they deleted, they deleted it almost instantly uh, as soon as it finished. Um, and then went on BitChute, it's had like 7 million views on BitChute or something. I, I, I don't know. I think they deleted it a couple of times. I mean, I'm not sure. But it was a brilliant, absolutely brilliant interview. And with all of the weird stuff that's happened with David Icke and all the, you know, the reptiles and the claims of this and the claims of that and claiming he was, he was, uh, you know, the second coming and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, the little, well, I got, I little got, heart cell I there. got hit with a direct energy weapon in January this year and it completely fried my brain for about 10 days. I had a complete meltdown. Um, I, it like it flipped my personality. So you really? know, I know these things are real. We all hear about it, directed energy weapons and the voice of God and all this sort of stuff. How there's these electromagnetic weapons and targeted individuals and all this sort of stuff. We all find it kind of dubious. I always did as well until it happened to me on the the thirteenth of January this year. So having experienced that myself. And the the time it took me to recover from that and the, the, the grounding that I feel now, I mean, it's almost like it supercharged me because I'm, I'm like, you're going to hit me with that shit? Okay, now the gloves <laughs> really come off, you know? Understood. Um, yeah, so I, I can I, – I, I don't have a problem at all with any of the stuff that, um, that David Icke has said in the past or whatever. And he was more outlandish ideas, whether they've been whatever, wherever he's got them from, whether they've been channeled, whether it's been the result of directed energy weapons or whatever. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. What is relevant is right now, what we're doing right now, and that interview on London Real is absolutely imperative listening for everybody who wants to know what's going on. It is it is absolutely brilliant. I cannot give it enough praise. I've shared it with everybody. I've said to people, you need to get your family and friends to sit down and listen to this interview. And if they won't listen to it, you need to pay them to listen to it because they need to hear what is said on this interview. So, yeah. Understood. And that video has since been removed from YouTube as well as some of your videos and a few of mine with Jim Fetzer. A good friend of yours, Max. Sarcasm there. <laughs> oh, my. Interesting, interesting way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, I, but I know your videos are on BitChute as well, so we could see those that were deleted from YouTube, correct? Yeah, yeah. There was one that was uh, deleted recently. It was called um, It was called Corona Psychosis Hoax Plandemic. I don't think they liked the title. That was deleted within like 90 minutes of posting. It had like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, 12,000 views, 15,000 views, something like that in like 90 minutes. And uh, bang, it was gone. But it's still available on BitChute. Understood. And by the way, I wanted uh, to take us back to simpler times. A moment here, Max, back to 2016. One of the first times I actually heard you being interviewed, and it happened to be with Eric Dubay, of all people. And that's a flat earther, by the way, for those who don't know who that is. 
And Max, I have to say, those individuals out there sure turned on you back then. All the um, flat earth heads, as I like to call them. <laughs> well, I did. I mean, I, it wasn't there wasn't an interview of me with Eric Dubai, though. Eric Dubai's never interviewed me. Um, not that I know, unless he was on some some group panel that I didn't know he was there. Oh, I thought you had um, talked to him. No, no, I've never, I've never interviewed him, and he's never interviewed me. Interesting. So, it must have been a whole I, different thing. I think thing the whole flat Earth thing has been a huge. It's, it's been a huge psyop. It's been. A, it's just it drove a wedge into the resistance right at the wrong time. Yeah, perfect plan. I mean, it. it we had a, there was a real wave building in, in 2014. There was a real wave of unity and empowerment, and everyone felt felt together, and everyone was supportive of each other. And then the flat Earth movement came along, and it just put a wedge straight through everything. And it made it impossible to be able to bring, you know, all this stuff that we we're, were trying to expose to be able to bring it to the, the people because, you know, you can go to people on the street. I mean, and irrespective of what shape the earth is, it, it doesn't matter, you know, but you can go to the people on the street. I can wake them up to what's going on with, with COVID now. I can wake them up to the fact that this lockdown's illegal. I can wake them up to all this stuff. But then all you've got to do is say, oh, and by the way, the earth is flat. And they go, oh, for fuck's sake, he's a, he's a moron. And they walk away. <laughs> You know, and and oh, I got so the story much of the now. Movement. Well, we do oh, whether Max, it is I... or not. They don't know. It's, <laughs> it's the the most. You know, it's it's something that they've known since they were a child. It's the first thing you learn when whether it's a lie or not. It, it's irrelevant for the for the position we're in. You know, well, you know what I'm saying. And honestly, you can't prove any model. There's no model that answers all the questions. So, you know, it doesn't matter. So, and the other's to prison, irrespective of the shape. What I used to say to them is 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 listen, guys. There's a train coming. And if you guys don't stop arguing about the shape of the tracks and pay attention, it's going to hit you head on. There will be no warning. It will be sudden, and you will have no one to blame but yourself. And that's where we are right now, you know, because everyone was all, all, all divided. And 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 what they did is they went out. All the, the flat earthers went out there and said, "Well, I'm a I'm a truther, uh, and, but I've got this belief system, you know, that the Earth is flat." And then they went out and they started exposing vaccinations, exposing all this stuff, which is, and they associated all of it with the belief that the earth is flat. So now if you go and you start looking up for anti-vaxxers and stuff, and the media uses this in the articles, if you start talking out about vaccinations, they'll bring flat earth into the debate. Oh, these are the, these are, these are anti-vaxxers are the same as flat earthers. And if then they can link you to a website by flat earther, which has got all of this stuff about 5G and all this stuff about vaccinations and all this stuff with a big picture of the earth being flat on the on the site. You know what I mean? So everyone goes, oh, they're all morons. These are all tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorists who think the earth is flat. They're all stupid. So your average Joe on the street completely switches off, which is the purpose of the flat earth movement, regardless, irrespective of the shape. You know, it's, it's the way it was played. You know, this is what I was trying to tell them. Listen, you guys, you're going out there and you're just creating all this animosity. And they trolled me and they attacked me and they defamed me and they made videos about me. They did everything they could to try to browbeat me into compliance. And when I wouldn't comply, I ended up getting hit with this freaking thing on January 16th. And then I'm just on January 13th and I just, I'm completely bamboozled. I mean, this was like the last ditch attempt to get me there. And as soon as I got hit by that, I had people contacting me saying, oh, you're an ascended master. You've just ascended. It's all." The I thought, this is how they're trying to sell it to people. They, they hit them with this thing. It flips their personality. They believe all this shit that they can't prove. And, and, and you know, and then they think that they're this, this enlightened being. And I, I, but I, my eyes were open and I saw this thing come in and hit me. So, you know, yeah, I, I think it's been a huge psyop. And, you know, 
if it wasn't for that, we would have we would have had a certain amount of unity now, and the system wouldn't have been out of roll roll itself out as quickly as it's done. You know, so. It's all been a play, brother. It's all been a play. Understood. And I misspoke. It was actually on a forum called Dangerous Thinkers, and it wasn't an interview, but I, I categorize it as such. It was much more of a discussion. Uh, I know that Eric copy pasted. He was. He. I remember he come and tried to push all flat Earth on me when when I had Gaza was being bombed, and I'd had like four or five of my friends die in a week. And I was totally stressed out and I was screaming out about Gaza and he's saying, come and talk about the earth being flat. And I'm just saying, fuck <laughs> off, Eric. Get the fuck out of here. My friends are dying. I'll, 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 I'll come and talk about the earth being flat when I've gone and freaking taken some food to the people in Gaza, all right, you know? So oh, I was, my. Yeah, that was his yeah, perfect timing, perfect timing. So even that, I think, was a complete setup, you know? No, oh, no, Max. Oh, I, let's push it on him now. <laughs> Max, I got to be honest with you. You know, I am a skeptic, but I'm open-minded. However, you know, the the whole flat earth thing, that's that's kind of like my litmus test, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, once you cross well, that it's, line, it's, I, it's hard for me to just buy anything else you say. Yeah, it's just the what, truth. What what I got with the when I had that whole experience, it was trippy because what I saw was the whole um, the whole concept of AI and the whole concept of being pulled into the mainframe. You know how they want to pull us into the mainframe? How would they do that? Would they be able to do that with Li-Fi? Are they able to do it with our LED monitors? Because this is all LED lighting which we can interact with. We are electromagnetic beings. And a lot of the thoughts we're having now, we're putting straight into this virtual world. And I, I got the whole thing of how if, you were, if, you were, if your consciousness was pulled out of your body and put into a mainframe and that mainframe had been so well mapped that you couldn't tell the difference, how would you ever know? And then if your awareness was in that mainframe, which is a flat world, well, there's your flat earth. It's, it's on the motherboard, but not the mother earth. And if that's also possible, then there's your fractal reality as well, because there's another level of consciousness that goes into the synthetic world on the motherboard, which also creates your virtual reality. So therefore, the electrical universe, the virtual universe, the holographic universe, the flat earth and the round earth can all exist in the same uh, plane of awareness, depending on where your actual awareness is. That's something I got from that experience. So... If people's consciousness are, are – you know, your consciousness isn't completely local to your body, and if people have been sucked into that, that mainframe, who knows what they might believe because, you know, it's all about your belief. This is why I don't do belief. I always say belief is the enemy of knowledge. If I, if I know something, I don't need to believe it, you know. Understood. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand why people would do this depending on where their awareness is. But the fact is that no model can answer every question about reality. So why argue about it? Who cares? If you, if you don't have the freedom to find out, well, perhaps that's where your focus should be, you know? Right. And, Max, before we continue, I must say, are, are you religious at all? I don't do religion, but I'm, I'm, I have a great relationship with God, but I don't do the – religious perspective or concept of God. I think religion teaches you or leads you away from God personally. Um, and I'm, I don't trust any book that's written by or promoted by any, any king. Sorry. I think that if you, if you even think you're a king, you have severe personality disorders to begin with. So, um, yeah. I like um, that I don't answer. do religion, but I have a great relationship with God. I hear you. And Max, uh, Max my go ahead. I, I'm sure you had something to ask here. 
just out of curiosity, uh, now that you bring up the the, the uh, topic of religion, may I ask what what uh, religious uh, practice or theory you follow? I don't. I just have a great relationship with God. I don't have That's- any religion getting in the way at all. I mean, you know. I don't need to read someone else's book or tell me what my relationship should be with with my creator. We 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 do fine on our own. Oh, I agree. Anybody I else agree. getting in the way? You know, I agree a hundred percent with I you. Think, I, I think if if you're a Christian, I think that's the way Jesus felt as well. Jesus didn't do religion. You know, he thought it was all a complete crock of shit. You know, uh-huh. He had a great relationship with, with well, his here's, here's creator. An interesting, he didn't do religion. Here's an interesting that's topic so then. Here's an interesting topic though. So so you you you. you you don't follow the book of Christianity, but you believe in Jesus? I'm a little confused. Well, well Jesus was a character who existed. He, he's, uh, I don't even think his name was it was Jesus. It was Yeshua, which would tra- translate probably more like Joshua, I would suggest. But he's referred to as Isa in the um, uh, Muslim religion. Uh, he, he seems to be a character. I mean, he was an activist. He was an activist who, who did everything, spoke out against the system, um, told people to reconnect with themselves, reconnect to natural law. The only law, do no harm. This is the only law there really is. Um, even when he went to the trial, he wouldn't do the name game. He wouldn't play it. They're saying, oh, you would say you're the son of God. And they said, no, no, is that what you're saying? He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't give them any jurisdiction over himself. And he was an activist and he spoke out against the system, tried to connect people to who, who they are and connect people to the divine and the divine source. Um, and he got but away all with this, it for years. All this information comes – all this information yeah, comes well, from it, the books, doesn't in, it? It comes from both books. It comes from various books and the Dead Sea Scrolls and all sorts of stuff. It depends on whether you want to attach the son of God aspect to it, which the church has done, or whether you just see this was a man who had a great connection to source, great connection to God, who tried to tell people how to live properly, and he got away with it until he went to the the, the, the temple and overturned turned the tables of the money changes and tried to fuck with the money system. Then he was dead within a week. You know, and how did he die? He wasn't he wasn't killed by Pilate. Pilate washed his, hand, his hands of the whole thing. He was murdered by the police at the urging of an angry crowd. That's how Jesus died. He was murdered by the police. This man Yeshua, and he's he's talked about it in all sorts of books, but he didn't do religion. He didn't do any of that stuff. And this has all been turned into this whole thing to get people to be subservient and sit there and wait for the end times and all this sort of bullshit. Oh, we, we're thinking the world's all got to get bad and it's all got to do this and it's all going to turn to shit because then Jesus is going to come back and save you. Well, why aren't you doing it yourself? What makes anybody think they're worthy of saving when they never stood up and lifted a finger to help themselves and they allowed all this bullshit to go on in the world? Amazing. Jesus was an activist. And if you did, if he wasn't an activist, you never would have heard of him to begin with. You know, and they and Revelation. This isn't a prophecy; it's a script. So that you'll all sit there on your asses and think, "Oh, it all has to go this way because then Jesus is going to come back and save me." You fucking idiots! No, you're supposed <laughs> to do it yourself. That's what he was trying to tell you. But anyway, Amazing. that's my perspective of Revelation. And by the way, I, I must ask you, Max, if Jesus was here today, would he be a socialist? <laughs> I mean, it's Jesus a fair question. Here today, be hacked to pieces by an angry mob. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't believe a word he said. They'd say, who the hell do you think you are? We're waiting for someone to come and save us. You tell us we've got to do it ourselves? Fuck you. That's what they'd say. And they throw him up on a cross, and they do exactly what they did to him last time. That, Nobody wants thing. to take responsibility for themselves. Everybody thinks they're worthy of being saved because they just sat on their ass and did nothing. There's only one law. Do no harm. If you live your life in that way, the world changes today. If you fail to comply with wrong behavior – 
if you fail to obey all this bullshit they put on you and you simply live your life in a state of doing no harm, causing no harm or injury to anybody and not tolerating anybody doing that, the world will change today. Who's willing to step up to the plate? I love it. Max Egan, ladies and gentlemen, fired up here tonight. Always appreciate when Max is not filtered whatsoever, just shooting straight. I appreciate that here on the program, Max. Michael, I, I, I wanted to tell both of you, actually, uh, Max, you mentioned the Dead Sea Scrolls. I read, oh, well, God, what was it, a year ago? Maybe two? Uh, it, I, I read that the Dead Sea Scrolls were debunked as a hoax and not uh, from the time era that they had suspected them to be from. Mate, I think all of history is a hoax and not from the time era that we expected it to be from. The research I've done in the last couple of years, I don't believe a freaking word of what they tell us in history. And if the Christ character did exist, my my um, research would indicate that he, he existed according to the current timeline at around about 1120 or 1140 AD, Okay. That, that history is 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 bullshit. All of it is bullshit. Like 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 Napoleon said, history is a lie agreed upon, and that is what it is. History is is a crock of shit, man. Absolute crock of shit. I so have to agree with you. Putting it some sort of a timeline, this sort of stuff. I mean, the stuff that's that's become out lately in the in the last in the last twelve months to two years debunks all of history. So you know, I, I don't believe a word that I read in any of those books anymore. Yes. You know, Max, I got to tell you one thing. You just made a comment that I, I actually very much respect. Um, I may not agree with all your beliefs in, in, in a God and that sort of thing, but, and, and we've, we've interviewed quite a few people who are very religious, uh, people, uh, involved in their own methods or ideas or, or, or theories. But you just said something that really I respect. And that is this, and I agree with you on it, is that there is, whether or not this Jesus character existed, there is absolutely no proof at all to say that he did. And I, I kind of respect that about you because there's never been proof about him. But the whole idea, like when you talk about the Bible, at least when I talk about it, I think the Bible has got good ideas and good intentions about it, just like every you know good book should. Um, but it's a book. And I don't think it should always be taken so literal. So that's the problem, I think, with a lot of religion is that they, they take it to such an extreme. Uh, these books that were compiled anywhere from 3000 to 2000 to 1700 years ago. Um, you know, we've, we've progressed so much as a, as a, as a species of humanity that it's, it's hard to take some of the things that were written that, that long ago. Seriously. So again, yeah. what you, get, well, what you, you know, said about Jesus, I, I kind of respect that a lot. Well, you know, and he was just, he was an activist and he, he was a, he, he's written about it in all sorts of places, but you know, was it exactly the way we see in the Bible? I mean, I doubt it very much. I mean, when I look at the Bible, I mean, and a lot of people may not like me saying this, but when I look at the Bible, I look at the style of writing and I think William Shakespeare. And when I think of William Shakespeare, I think Bacon Society. So, and then I looked at King James. Well, you know, fuck the king. I agree. Do you want to take a book endorsed by the king? <laughs> I'm not with it either, Max. Where I'm did not this with thing it. come from? So, so you get this great guy who did all this great stuff, and then you tie it up in all this bullshit, and you create this dogma, and you get people to go along with it. So they sit on their asses, believing that the world has to turn to shit around them, and they're just going to sit there and let it happen. 
They kind of going to do what the guy told him to do. It sort of reminds me of. He changed the world today. Doesn't that sort of remind the world today? Doesn't that sort of remind you of QAnon, Max? Amazing, isn't it? It really is. Giant Q. Let's push it. The giant Q. A Q from uh, yeah. How long have they set this up? Q from from you know like um what's it uh, James Bond you know. That's right. You see the London Olympics from 2012. The London Olympics from 2012. Check that out. Go look at the opening ceremony from the London Olympics in 2012 and ask you why they're doing this huge rolling out all the hospital beds. They're rolling the, the whole opening arena there looks like a virus as it starts. It looks like the coronavirus. They're pushing out all these hospital beds. They're doing all the dances. All the nurses are doing all these dances and stuff. Then all these these viruses come out. They're all airborne, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And then they wheel out a guy on a big, big, uh, big, big giant thing on on a uh, hospital bed that looks exactly like Boris Johnson. This is back in 2012, right? In the London Olympics. They predicted, they they get all the predictive programming. It's there in the London Olympics in 2012, what they're going to do right now in 2020. So uh, I, I urge you to go and have a look at that opening ceremony again. Nice. So yes. yeah, all of this is planned. This is so planned. So Q, they put all that in there. Nyquil, Nyquil with a big Q on the on the, the label, you know. <laughs> um, Q in in in, um, in in James Bond. Just get you into the Q. It always sounds you know ominous, and it all sounds in you know some Q. What well, we heard from Q, you know, it's it's all very very mysterious and spy like, and it works with people, you know. I guess Q, it so. makes them feel better, Max. What a, I mean, what a. It you makes them feel Michael like they're. Makes it makes them feel better, and it makes them feel like they are a part of something. That's all human psychology. Yeah, yeah, I'm part of something. I don't actually have to get off my ass and do a damn thing for myself. It's all going to work. I've got the nanny, the new nanny. I don't like the old nanny state. I've got the new nanny, the Q nanny. The Q nanny's going to come along, and he's got a nice better bed for me to lie in. He's going to make my bed for me. I don't have to do a fucking thing. That's the way it works. I got to sit here and believe in the Q. Believe in the Q trust the plan. Yeah, well, the plan is to lock you all down into a fucking police state while you're sitting on your asses waiting for Q to come and save you. That's the freaking plan. Look at you. You're all in isolation now, and they're rolling out the military, and they're all bringing in these trapping apps. Did you like the plan? I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for your participation. <laughs> I love this guy. And by the way, uh, Mike, to go back to what you were saying, uh, you're right about that. There was an article on National geographic.com talking about the dead sc- uh, yep. dead sea uh, scrolls being all forgeries basically and yeah this yeah is- they weren't were not from the time that they they mm-hmm. said that they were and they're basically a forgery like you just said yeah on the fourth floor of yeah, the museum of the bible Everything's a forgery, brother. It's all a forgery. The history's a forgery. Your loss of power is a forgery. This government is a forgery. Everything they told you is true is a forgery. It's all a forgery. (laughs) Well, I mean, just like a good example of this. This is the perfect time for us to realize that and to rediscover what it means to be a human being. That's why I've been doing the shows outside. And just that one I did yesterday when I said, remember life. See this shit? This is is it. This is where you – this is life. I agree with you. Remember that stuff? It's not yeah. on the screen. It's not in your smartphone. It's not in your bills. It doesn't matter about your credit card. Isn't it great that you don't have your job anymore? Don't you realize how useless it was to begin with? Why did you keep going and doing all that shit? You know? So think about the opportunity we've got here. You know, if people want to look at it and look at it from the correct perspective, it's a huge opportunity we have. All we have to do is say, oh, shit, I remember now and just walk away from it. Walk away from it. Everybody. You know, if I may, just for a second, Michael, uh, Max, there was another thing I wanted to comment about uh, what you said, which, uh, again, I, I greatly respect. 
And that is how you made mention of how people need to stop thinking that things are going to be done for themselves and take full responsibility for their own actions. That is something I live by. Um, it's a very important that statement. Is, that's it's it's the only way it works. Like I said, that's we right. could change the world today. Today, right. one day. That's all it would take. Stop the problem tolerating is too wrong behavior. Do the right thing. Too many people um, are always, uh, uh, you know, pointing the finger at either other people or, or other circumstances, and and not worrying so much about themselves to get their act together and do the right thing themselves. And what bothers me the yeah. most is when I always hear about. Uh, you know, people who are religious who say, well, you know, God will do this and God will do that. No, no, no. You, you've got to take responsibility and do things yourself. Stop blaming other – like I, I hate it when I hear people say, well, the devil made me do it. Or the devil did that. No, take responsibility. We're here on this planet to do things that we can do and get accomplished, not to worry about Who's you know, who to blame for when something goes wrong? Life is simply getting from problem A to problem B and surviving. Period. So I agree with you. Well, in, in many ways it is, but the, the the thing is that most of the problems are created for us. If if we didn't have government there, we wouldn't have a problem. That's an interesting concept, isn't it? Yeah, the government yeah. there to protect us. Who from? All the other governments. We would, oh no, China might want to come and invade us. No, no, China doesn't want to invade you. China is a country and it's a whole bunch of people in there and they don't want to invade anybody. What it is, is the Chinese government might come and invade you. And that's only because your government is telling you that. And these two governments are facing off against each other and they think, well, we may as well go and kill a few of each other's people so we can rebuild our countries. If you didn't have the governments there, then you wouldn't have any of these problems because all the, all the governments are doing is protecting you from other governments. You know what I mean? It's, it's a big right. freaking scam. They all work together. Yeah. You know, no, governments right. sit there and create all these problems so that you think you need government, you know, to look after all the problems. It's, it's a nanny state. And like, like I said before, all they're doing with Q is saying, oh, we've got a new nanny. New nanny's coming in on a white horse. This is going to be a much better nanny than the other nanny. You know, no, self-responsibility. Stop. Just do the right thing. Try it for one day in your life. The whole world will change. You ever thought of that? You know, like, yes. Jesus. The man, proverbial man. Um, comfort blanket. That's, that's basically what it really yeah, is. I need, a, I need a different colored comfort blanket, you know. It's, and, it's a, and a new baby shaking nanny. Yeah, yeah, and I need too. a new, new comfort blanket with a big Q on it, you know. Well, here's the thing, Max. Where does all, where, where does all this lead us to here in America yeah. and around the world? Most people think there's going to be maybe a civil war or maybe a war with China. My country against China, of course, or maybe even more. I'm not quite sure. Max, where do you see this headed? Look, it's going to depend on us. What they're pushing for is civil unrest. Um, you know, what we're seeing in Ohio and all this sort of stuff. I mean, it's, it's great that people are showing unity and it's great that, you know, they're breaking the lockdown. But if they push for violence, um, it's going to get ugly because you just simply don't have the, the firepower. You know, not unless you, you march to the White House and take over the government right away, then you don't have the firepower to, um, fight against the military. You just don't. Yeah. Um, so the only way to get out of this is is through peaceful non-compliance. It's the only way. If if this if like with what they've done now with Trump declaring martial law in the United States or declaring um a, a, a state of emergency in the United States, he's a, he's effectively handed power over to FEMA, and that that won't come up for review for another six months. That that's what's written into the executive orders, I believe. So, that's what I'm afraid of. Um, yeah, if there's if there's and now they've got FEMA totally in control of the country and they they can do anything they want. Not, 
it isn't like there's all these executive orders in place. It doesn't mean they're just going to blanket do them all straight away, but they can if they want to. You know, so if if they can create enough civil unrest, then in six months when it comes up for review, um, FEMA won't relinquish the reins because there's too much civil unrest, blah blah blah, and you won't see an election and all that sort of stuff. So it's going to depend on what the people do. You know, I see enough people are waking up to the fact that this is a scam. Uh, if they can turn off their media and reconnect with the people around them and just just learn how to say no again, I realize what everything I said before about the Nuremberg Code and you know the vaccinations are a violation of the Nuremberg Code. Anything that you're forced to do, you know, under threat of punishment is terrorism. Even if you look up the definition of terrorism, it's, it's violence or the threat of violence carried out against civilians as a means of coercion. That's in the Oxford English Dictionary. So you know, um, if people can just take that stance. And, and stand in their own power, there could be something very, very positive come of this. I mean, sure, it might get to a point where you, you've got to pull out a few guns and you've got to take down a few people because there's going to be a few psychopaths there in the food chain that are going to want to push back. But hopefully if it comes to that, you'll see um, you'll see people in the military and police breaking ranks when they're told to fire upon their own people. Hopefully many of them won't do it. You know what I mean? So uh, when it gets to that point, I'm sure, you know, people who join the military to defend the Constitution will hopefully defend the Constitution, you know, because that's really the purpose of the military. That's really the purpose of, of that whole system. So if it gets to that point, I'll, you know, hopefully, like I said, people will break ranks. But I think you could do it without that if you wanted to, if people would simply, you know, turn away from it, walk away from the system. It's all a fiction anyway. You know, but if they don't, then like it's going to head to where I said it's going to head to complete surveillance. It's going to head to a technocracy. It's going to head to all your pensions disappearing, and you're going to be getting 100 grams of bio, bio created food a day, synthetically created food a day, and you're going to work till you drop. You know, and that's the way they're going to do it. So it's going to be our choice as to whether we choose to comply with what these people are rolling out, or whether we choose to say, "Who the fuck are you, people? You know, right. why do you think you can do this? It's not what we employ you to do." You know, so it, ultimately it's going to come down to us. It's going to come down to, to how we react and whether we can um, empower the people around us with knowledge now while we can, while we still – we have a moment here where everybody's locked in there and they're always – they're all wondering what the hell is going on. And many people have got time to, to research now. They've got – you know, the, 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 the awakening that's now. happening at the moment is spreading like wildfire. So it's a huge opportunity for us if we can get a little bit of focus – and and um, use it as something to empower the people rather than shift them into violence. I mean, I don't believe in violence, but I absolutely um, believe in counter-violence. So, you know, I'm not a violent person, but if someone comes and is violent against me, I will defend myself by every and any means available to me. As you should. that violence is stopped, you know. Right, as you should. Mm. You should be able to protect so yourself. It's, it's, well, but it's, it's a matter of not making that the first choice. You know, violence should never be a first choice because you don't need it. All we need is people to do the right thing. You know, if, if, if you do no harm, well, how does violence come into that? You know, um, you should only be not everyone thinks that it's, way. It's, I know. Well, that's why you've got to have, be prepared for counter violence. Right. I mean, and I will, I will defend someone to the point that I will kill them if I have to. I wouldn't want to do it, and I no, wouldn't. Of not. Um, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be doing it out of hatred for them. I would be doing it out of my love for freedom, and my love for my family, and my love for myself, and my love for the people I was defending. Right. I would defend it by every means possible until the person could stop. Would stop attacking. You know. But I would never, never become the attacker because you know you, Listen, you become I, that I, which you hate. Right? I agree with you 100 percent on that, Max. Listen, I, I am I am a, a firearms owner, 
and uh, I don't hunt. Uh, I only like it for target shooting and I use, I, I have them for protection of my home. I would never, ever think of causing any harm to anyone uh, intentionally, you know, uh, provided I don't get a screw loose that drives me nuts and I go do things that I can't control. But being a logical person, I would never, you know, I would never, you know, rob a bank or, or a shootout or anything like that. But at the same time, like you just said, I would defend myself and my family to the death need be um, with that firearm if it is called upon to be used. Well, yeah, you've got to be prepared to do that, you know, but you should never become the attacker. Of course, um, but there is a, such a there is a, such a thing as you know. But even in in the face of what we're going, I mean, the need to do this. I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting angry as long as that that doesn't lead to irrational behaviour. But you know, wholesome righteous anger is what is needed in the face of, of what we're facing. I don't know how anybody can look at the situation we're in and look at what these parasites have done with this whole, you know, everything they're doing. You know, the five G rollout, the freaking the vaccinations, this whole fake pandemic, all of it. I don't know how anybody can look at this and not not feel wholesome, righteous anger, and that's what it should be, you know. So, no people are knocking um, those towers know. down, Max. Well, what's your take on that? Individuals are burning these five G towers to the ground. Well, I I think it's it's good that they're knocking them down. You know, I mean, whether it's going to um, lead to more stringent control is is another thing. You know, um, yeah, ultimately. The whole, the whole concept of, of do no harm and the whole concept of, of living by natural law, um, you know, all, all people, you don't need to burn down the 5G towers. All you need to do is adopt a moral compass. Everybody, if they adopted a moral compass, none of this could work. If the people, if the people working in the telecom companies had a moral compass, the towers wouldn't be freaking going up to begin with. You know, if if people could look at things, if people could just get in touch with that again, that's all you have to do to change the world is get in touch with your moral compass. I said that on my talk yesterday when I was saying to people, you don't need Nassara. You don't need any of this shit. All you need is a moral compass. That's all you need to change the world. Everybody just get back in touch with that. I mean, I've said since, the, since I started the show back when I first started Surviving the Matrix back in 2008, you could change the world in three seconds. If everyone had that epiphany and discovered who and what they were, Went, oh shit! I have value, you know. Oh, I actually mean something. My life means something, you know. And 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 everybody's just a reflection of me. And we're all we we all mean something. You could change the world in three seconds just with that epiphany. But if you but if you just changed your moral compass and did the right thing and all that you do, we change the world in a day. If if people refuse to comply with wrong behaviour, refuse to comply with any legislation which causes them to step outside their moral compass or causes harm to anybody else then we will change the world in a day. It's really that simple. It's so simple that people can't see the forest for the trees. Oh, we've got to do this. We've got to vote in this. We've got to have that. We've got to have a queue. We've got to have this. We've got to have that. All this rubbish, it's, it's, it's rubbish. They, they don't see the power that they have, you know, by simply changing that moral compass and always walking in that, you know. So, you know, it's it's – it's so simple that, that people can't see it. If they, I they may, there has to be a war. There has to be a revolution, you know. If I may just interject for a second, I, I, I agree with what you're saying to a point, Max. The only issue I have is where I, I sort of disagree with you uh, respectfully is that um, in this world we live in, which is now at 7.8 billion people worldwide, um, in that count of bodies, uh, 
the the younger generations are taught certain things by the older generation in which they will believe firmly and defend firmly and thus as a result um, it's hard to explain to these people that peace could be a wonderful thing don't get me wrong i i i dream of of a utopia a, a wonderful world but i i just don't think it would ever happen because out of all those people there is a huge percentage of them who have certain beliefs or ideal idealisms uh, is that the right word idea ideologies right that uh you could never change their mind because it's it's embedded in them to to destroy anyone that comes uh between them and their ideology yeah i, I completely understand but then if if they were to change their moral compass too if they had a moral compass, they wouldn't think like that to begin with, you know what I mean? Oh, agreed, so, agreed. I, mean, I just think it it's, a, it's you can take difficult. It to a deep level. But yeah, I mean, sure, you've got people that are, that are people that grow up with, with you know, a chip on both shoulders due to ancestral issues that never even affected them. Yeah, people right. grow up with the terrible trauma of what happened to the black races uh, in the slavery issues and all that, and they hate white people. It would never happen to them. And right. even when you look at history, it, it's it's debatable whether that even actually happened. If you go and look at the work of people like Dane Calloway and stuff, you find that actually a lot of these people actually appear to be Native Americans. They didn't actually come from Africa to begin with because history is so convoluted. We don't actually know. Oh, right. I, I agree books. with you. I agree with you. I, I've we don't know. that subject a, a thousand people times. People grow up with this. And you yeah. can talk to a Serbian who will tell you that he hates Croatians because of what happened in the war, but it never happened to him. But it That's happened right. to his parents. I was going to say he carries that grudge. It always comes That's back just to ridiculous. your. It always comes back to your. He read it in a book, or he read it in the newspaper, or he read it in some journal. It's nothing he's ever experienced in his life. It's someone yeah. else's belief system that he's taken on, right. and it, it's got nothing to do with any type of moral compass, you know. But it becomes the meaning of their life, and it becomes what aims them through life. It's crazy, you know. But you know. I guess I'm, a, I'm an idealist. I'm an idea, you know, I'm just, you know, I can fantasize about this. If you just, if you could just, just put out some, some wave that everyone just suddenly became moral. Well, that's the, know? that's the issue, Max. Imagine it's, the change. It's always the upbringing where it always lies. We were programming, you know, that's if you who? think of each person as being a, you know, like a, you're a blank slate when you come here and then, then you, it's the software that gets installed. Which is is the the comments and the, the the stuff that happens to you along the way. I remember certain things in my life that, that completely changed my personality and skewed me off from my path completely. I carried a chip on my shoulder for thirty years about um, certain abuses that happened to me when I was a child. Right, right. You know, we talked about enough, that. It doesn't matter now. That was then. It doesn't matter now. And even 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 with that, it it, it gave me the perspective we've got now. So the, even with that bad stuff, there's value in it. Because now I can empathize with that. I can understand other people. Understood. So, yes. Uh, you know, you know the old saying, Max. You know the old saying: "Youth is wasted on the young." Yeah, it is, isn't it? Life, life yeah. can be understood perfectly in reverse. It's, it's kind of cruel, isn't it? Unbelievable. I've often thought, yeah, I'd love to go back to. I'd love to go back this point in my life. And I think I was just. I woke up that morning. And I was just sitting on the side of this bed, and I think, well, I'd like to go back to that point in my life. And know everything I know now. And yep. if I knew that then, if I knew this then, I would change the world. I would have changed, right. I would become such a powerful force in the world and I would have I would have changed the direction humanity is going. Yes. Right. And if I had one wish, 
that's that would be my wish to, to right. wake up that morning sitting on you the side of that bed. For those that don't know, yeah. Max, you actually had shared one of these very personal experiences you had growing up. You don't have to go into detail about it, but that leads me to something else that I had watched on your YouTube channel. A woman by the name of Rachel Vaughn. You know, I had never heard of her or what what was going on out there, but I was blown away and stunned. Um, I was hoping you could sort of elucidate on that. Yeah, there's a, a case called the uh, the Beaumont the Beaumont case. It's a very very famous cold case. Uh, child murder that happened in 1966 in Adelaide, Australia, and the Beaumont children. It was it was Jane, Anna, and Grant Beaumont. And they disappeared on Australia Day in uh, in 1966. They lived one block from my house. Um, I grew up on, on Diagonal Road, Adelaide. They lived in Hardy Street. They were at like a 108 Harding Street. I was at 66 Diagonal Road. It was one block from them. And we used to play quite often. There was a kindergarten at the end of Harding Street. I used to go to that kindergarten. And when we got a little bit older, there was a, a big um, vacant lot across the road. And all the neighborhood kids used to meet there and we used to have, you know, play and play in the dirt and play Cowboys and Indians or whatever the game was for the day, you know. Cowboys and Indians an interesting game, isn't it? Turn genocide into a game for kids, wonderful stuff. But anyway, <laughs> um, um, yeah, they disappeared in uh, on Glenelg Beach and Rachel uh, Vaughan that I had on the show, um, she, she has some very, very uh, valid information about what happened to them and where they're buried. It would appear that they were kidnapped by a man called um, Anthony Munro, who's actually still alive. He's in jail in South Australia at the moment on, on child sex abuse charges. Um, he appears to have abducted the three children. He took them to a certain place. He... Um, uh, raped and, and uh, stabbed the eldest one who was who was nine years old and um, the other two were apparently shot in the head by Rachel Vaughan's father who was a friend of Anthony Munro's who worked for ASIO he was a telecom worker had a lot of connections to the police all sorts of stuff um, connections to Channel 9 studios um, connections to the government uh, a lot, lot of stuff going on there but uh, it Greasy. turns out through through corroborating witnesses, we we've discovered that the the uh, women's division of the police, which I, I don't even know if they had women's police, but they had sort of helpers with the, with the police in those days. Women women who used to liaise with the police or, or were a division of them anyway, and they were told um, that night what had happened to the to the kids, and uh, it's been revealed um, that the children were taken to. Uh, Stanbury, and they were dropped into a sinkhole in Stanbury. Now, we've been trying to get this sinkhole exhumed and get the police to take this seriously and go and look into this sinkhole, but they won't do it. You know, and bear in mind that if one person mentions that they have some information about the Beaumonts, the, the media makes a huge fuss about it, and they go and exhume whatever, and they put it all up in there, oh, we didn't find them. You know, They always make a big thing about it. All it takes is one person to say, oh, I think I might know where they are. Here we've got three corroborating witnesses who say they're in this sinkhole. We've got a petition going that's now got 14,500 signatures on it saying we want this sinkhole dug. And the police are saying, oh, no, no, we don't think there's any evidence that so we, we don't want to look there, you know. Because if they look there, it will open up a can of worms which will reveal that they knew what was going on uh, 50 years ago when it happened, 54 years ago when it happened. Um, and, and they, you know, it'll open up a can of worms. I mean, Rachel was used in, um, in porn movies when she was a kid. Oh my filmed God. in Channel 9 Studios in Adelaide. Um, the, the attorney, a, a former attorney general of, of South Australia was involved. Adelaide, South Australia has the, 
has the uh, dubious uh, title of being the child murder capital of the world. Uh, and when I think about my experience uh, in Adelaide, I was I was raped as a child in right. Christie's Beach in Adelaide uh, when I was about four years old. And I consider myself to be very lucky, uh, knowing now what I know about Adelaide. Um, I was lucky I wasn't taken and far worse things could have happened. And even even with, with Rachel, she talks about there are certain houses in certain suburbs that have got trapdoors that lead down into a tunnel system in Adelaide where they traffic children through the tunnel system. And I can absolutely verify that that tunnel system's there because I used to play in that tunnel system when I was a kid. It goes right through the whole of Adelaide. So yeah, it was it was a um, compelling interview to have. I was very very tired when I had her on. There was so much stuff I wanted to ask her, and I, I understand. I might, it was the wrong microphone and all sorts of stuff. But I, I want to have her back on again. But I did link to two interviews uh, below on, on that interview that I did with her. One with um, uh, Sean Atwood, and one with uh, the ITNJ, where she gives very very detailed accounts of, of what happened. But uh, it's it's a uh, it's an absolute bombshell, the information that she's got, and I, I completely um, believe her story to be true uh, because of my own experience in Adelaide and my knowledge of Adelaide and my knowledge of what Adelaide police are and the fact that there's so many corroborating witnesses. Um, even even you know, Anthony Munro fits perfectly the description of the man who was seen with the children that day. And the fact that the police will not exhume this sinkhole when all it takes is one person, even a psychic. I could go there and say, oh, I'm a spiritual psychic. I've just had a download that I think the Beaumonts are buried in this car park. And the media will make a big thing about it. And they'll go and dig up the car park and say, oh, no, they're not there. You know, But, yeah, we can have three corroborating witnesses in a petition with 14,500 signatures on it saying, dig here. And they say, oh, no, nothing to see here. You know, rubbish. It shows that you're all complicit. So uh, it shows a level of corruption in this country. And there's someone else called um, Fiona Barnett. If you want to really get some in-depth uh, information about this, you should have her on to talk about um, the amount of pedophilia that's rampant and the child trafficking and, and uh, satanic ritual child abuse that's going on right through the entire political system in this country. And it's not just this country. It's, uh, it's everywhere. I'll definitely have to look into some of these names. And of course, if anyone out there is curious, I recommend looking up that interview with Rachel on Max's channel, if you haven't already. Pretty interesting material. They're very shocking. And of course, Max, I, I have yeah. to say, I'm sorry that happened to you, by the way. You, you shouldn't have experienced anything like that at any time of your life. I didn't, I didn't remember until I was very, very, uh, until I was much older. I didn't remember the whole day until I was 45 years old. It was always a, a blank spot I had. I remembered so uh, up to a certain point of that day, and I could never remember the rest of the day. You know, your mind seems to do that, I think, when you're very yeah. young. And I, I think I was four. I may have been three. I don't know. I mean, I was a toddler. Um, but it's 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 hard to put it into perspective. So, um, but yeah, my mind waited until I was ready for that information before I had full access to that memory. So it's interesting the way that works. Um, and even with some of the stuff that that Rachel experienced in in her. Uh, some of the trauma she experienced, and she experienced murders and, and children being hacked up in front of her and babies being cooked in front of her, horrendous, horrendous stuff. And she didn't even remember all of that until later in her life because that's that's the way your memory works. You, you've got to have a certain amount of um, spiritual and emotional strength in order to be able to deal with certain memories. So, yeah, I, it just works that way. But I, I appreciate the thought. But, I mean, e even looking at that, I, I look at my life, I, I have no stake in the outcome of anything. And um, with all of the bad experiences I've had in my life, I, I see this life itself as being a gift. 
and and all of the experiences I've had, I didn't I didn't remember trauma enough to really say I could ex- I say yeah wow it was a terrible day and how could I you know cry about it and I don't remember I don't remember it happening so I don't remember the pain I don't remember any of that stuff I just I remember the day I remember what happened but it, it took until until I was forty five before all that came back you know and then I could I could cope with it and then I could remember it all you know so that that's the way the mind works and. It wasn't until I was at my correct point in life and all of that experience that I've had, now it provides me with the empathy to understand other people. You know, I, I can see the trauma that people have gone through. And I can completely empathize with their trauma. I can feel it from their perspective, not just sympathize with it. I can empathize with it. You know, I, I came from a broken home. I was, I was a abused child. I lived in a storm brain. I've been homeless. I've been, I've, I've dined with royalty and I've, I've lived in a storm brain, you know, so, um, yeah, I've, I've had a, I've had a major, um, um, a lot of experience in my life. And because I was a musician, because I left school when I was like in my third year of high school and I became a musician, you know, a lot of people want to talk to the musician. If you're out there and you're in a band, a lot of people want to get to know the people sure. in the band. It kind of opens up all these doorways. And you find yourself, you know, I, can, I can be talking to a drunk in the, in the gutter outside the venue or some guy in some, some royal family can really like the band and invite us all back to his house for lunch the next day. You know? It would make sense so, though, Max. You know, from a psychological it, it point of view, breaks down all barriers. Yeah, with for people, you know, opens up all these barriers, all these doorways of all these different walks of life, and you can see the world from their perspective. If you're if you're a listener, you're someone who listens to people, which I'm probably not doing very well on your show here. <laughs> but um, that's okay. <laughs> if you're someone who listens to people, then you can hear the world from their their perspective. You know, so it gives you that insight into how the world works and how the other side thinks. You know, so it's it's a valuable experience, I think. You know? I, I agree. And I was just going to quickly mention that you definitely have experienced some repressed memories there, definitely, from a psychological point of view. So it wouldn't make sense that you wouldn't remember oh, yeah. these traumatic experiences at all until much later, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you don't you don't remember them until it's time for you to remember them. You know, so you need to remember them. Um you know, there's just certain blank spots and certain things and certain stuff that happens in your life that you're thinking, yeah, what was that all about? And it might have to be for 20, 30 years later for you to go, wow, um, now I understand that because that puts it in perspective of this. And if I hadn't done that then, I wouldn't understand this now, you know? So, you know, like I said, life can be understood perfectly in reverse. Right. And Max, I do want to thank you again for being a part of the program, but I had just one more final sort of question for you before I let you go. And I do appreciate all your time you have given us here, hanging out with us and being being a straight shooter, rather. I really appreciate that. No filters. But I have to ask, how would you like to be remembered, Max, in the end? Just as Max. Just as Max. <laughs> Just as Max. Maybe someone who tried to help. You know, I mean, I'm nothing special. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of the exercise. I'm a nobody. I'm a social misfit. You know, you don't have to be somebody special to make a difference. You just have to be prepared to, to be yourself, you know, and, and all I've ever tried to do with all of this is, is try to encourage people and to rediscover themselves and, and ask questions. You know, that's why I ask so many questions on my radio shows and stuff and never really present the answers. I, and a lot of people email me and say, oh, I've got, I think I've got the answer to that. And I'm going, you know, you're missing the point. I, I just wanted you to ask the question because it's in asking question that you find your own truth and you find your own way out. No one can ever tell you the truth. The truth must be realized. It can never be told. You can't tell someone the truth. They won't believe you. You have to, you have to put them in a position where they will ask the right question because when they ask the right question, the right answer will present itself. 
So yeah, I just like to be remembered as Max, just someone who who tried to make a difference, someone who who maybe people liked, and and someone who who helped you once, and just just a friend, just as a friend. Yeah, that's it. Very nice. So Max, I want to thank you again for being here. Really appreciate your time. We had a great time with you. I hope you had fun here with us tonight, Max. It's been great. I actually haven't done an interview for a while. I've kind of lost all my emails of people <laughs> writing to me asking for interviews. I've been kind of involved with this whole COVID thing and yeah, I hear all my own stuff. My, my mailbox has been swamped. So it's been great. It's been really good to come and have a conversation with someone. And uh, thanks for letting me mouth off the way I did. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, That's right. We do that. We do that every every time we're on the air. We uh, we always have a little bit of mouthing off. So it's all right. That's Max. fine. Yeah. yeah. I totally enjoyed it. So I might even I might even um, leave it up on on your channel. Can I I might download this in a couple of days and repost it to oh, my would, own channel even. So we would appreciate that. A few more people. Yeah, definitely give us a boost here. We would appreciate that. So Max, once again, please feel free to plug anything you'd like as we close up here. Oh, uh, look, just my website, thecrowhouse.com. You'll find everything about me there. My YouTube channel is the Crowhouse. Just search Max Egan M A X I G A N. The Crow House, and you'll find everything you need to know. And there's nothing on that site to buy. There's no subscriber section. It's all free. I don't do commerce at all. You know, people who want to contribute, they can. That's great. I totally appreciate it. But there's nothing for sale. I just, I try to stay right out of that world. So very nice. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me on. And, and nice to meet you too, Mike. Nice and, meeting uh, you, yeah. Max. Good luck with everything. And thanks for coming on our show. My pleasure. Talk, talk again soon. Call me anytime. Yes, sir. Mahalo. Take care. Take care, Max. Bye-bye. And there he goes, boys and girls, the one and only Mr. Max Egan. And I hope you enjoyed that interview, boys and girls. And I just wanted to remind you, if you are not subscribed, you definitely should. Tomorrow we will return yet again at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 5.30 p.m. for you out here in the West Coast. And trust me, you will definitely enjoy the interview we had planned with Dr. Paul Cottrell. Are, are you ready for that, Mike? As always, I like Paul. He's very interesting. Uh, he's a very interesting man to speak with, he's especially a, under the circumstances. He's an awesome New Yorker to talk to, right? Yes, sir. He's a real New Yorker. He doesn't even want to get out of there. <laughs> he wants to stay right there in the, in the front lines, Mike, as they say. Yeah, you got to appreciate that, right? I guess, maybe. Or is he just too much of a New Yorker? <laughs> he doesn't want to I mean, leave. That, that's one of the reasons I left New Jersey, because I was too close to New York City. I had to get the hell away. No, I hear you, man. I but, uh, don't think I want to be there. Yeah. So what'd you think tonight? Uh, kind of some really like food for thought, huh? Of course. That's why he was here. Mr. Max Egan, the one and only the crow house. And Michael, we didn't, go ahead. I'm sorry. What does he like? Do you know what he does? Like, I mean, what does he live on a farm or something? Like we had peacocks. He had all kinds yeah, of you birds. You have to go and look at his YouTube channel whenever you can. He's out there in Australia. And yeah. the scenery is beautiful if you haven't checked it out, Mike. Well, I, I spoke it. before before we were went before we went on the air. Um, I was speaking with him, you know, on a private level, and he told me about living in Australia. And he told me he's got I got peacocks, I got chickens, I got yeah, we uh, heard we them got back flocks there, flocks of cockatoos and everything. But I was just wondering, like, what does he do? Uh, to survive is he retired uh, you know what is as far as do? i know he's retired but yes he's a researcher oh. and he goes all around the world to give uh, many lectures but now ah. i don't understand now who's going to be doing that i think that's all gone and that's all something that will no longer be around uh mike for a long I don't time know. 
I don't know about that. Do you really think? I mean, I do. Well, uh, you do. Okay. I don't think it's going to come back I, for a while. Maybe for a while. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, there were some of the things that he was bringing up that I, uh, it's it's frightening to think of, and and I hope that he's completely wrong in 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 his theories. But one way or another, we're going to find out one way or another. I I guess yeah. You know what? That's probably the best way to put it. Is one way or another, we're going to find out. But as I've told you before, I've always tried to think positively on on how this thing is all going to end. But his some of his comments really like you know just downright frightening. Um, of course, you know, and what a time to be alive! We are finally finally living through what some people would refer to as the end times. And I only I honestly thought, Mike, uh, that the end times would be a bit more apocalyptic in nature. Rather than most of us just um, being in our PJs in our homes, <laughs> right? Being in our PJs and looking at our iPhones. Goddamn iPhones. I hate them. You know, you could believe um, he could believe whatever he wants and the listeners can believe whatever they want about COVID-19. But the outcome is still very real. You could deny no the existence of a virus. However, the outcome, I'm afraid, is very, very real. Unfortunately. I don't like it. I don't like it to be honest. I don't like it either. But do you really think that it's it's this big government takeover? There's something nefarious about this. I'll give you that. There's something odd about this, Mike. Yeah, I'll give you that. You, you, I'm sure you have, you have to agree. There's some fuckery I, I going do, on. But remember that clip you played? What was it? Two, two nights ago, I think you played a clip. Oh, what was the guy with the gruff voice? Oh, you're talking uh, as a matter about, of fact, um, talking about Alex Jones. Is it Alex Jones? I, I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> yes. The guy with real rough voice talked like this. There you go. Um, the things that he said about China and, and, and the whole political, uh, what's, what am I trying to say? The, the, the political involvement between, uh, the Democratic Party and then China working on this virus. That, I mean, if anything, that made more sense to me than, than anything I've heard so far. That, that made the most sense to me. Now, you know what? You could sit there and say, well, Mike, you know, that, that's, that's your conspiracy theory. That's what you believe. And I guess it, I guess, you know, yeah, I guess so. But at the same time, I'm trying to think as logically as possible here. And it only seems to make sense based on all this chaos that we've been going through. With the the constant bombardment of of the president, uh, so I don't know. It, there's so much really to, to take in for this, and you're right. We we really we won't know until we know. Unfortunately, that's the reality. But Mike, I do have a cure for all, and <laughs> you know, I'm I'm gonna do it. No, put your hand on that television. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're killing me. Thank you, Lord you Jesus. Need this. It's for your own good, Mike. He received <laughs> your healing. It's for your own good. Yes. Thank you. Now. You need this, Mike. Say it, I take it. I take it. I have it. I have it. It's mine. It. It's mine. I thank you and praise you for it. Yes. And I forgive if I have aught against any. And I praise you that I'm well and whole. I praise you that I'm well and whole. Yes. According to the uh, word of God. I'm praying while you're angry. 
I'm healed. <laughs> yes. I'm healed. And I consider not my own body. Yes, I consider yes. not my own body. I consider not symptoms in my body. I consider I not, not symptoms in my body. But only that which God has promised. Only, only that, that which God has promised. Only that what the Word has said. Only that what the Word has said. And by His stripes I was healed. And by His stripes I am healed now. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed and the devil's trying to give me the flu. That's right. That's right. Or whatever Always else kind of thing he's trying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Heal and well. Yes. In the sweet name, the name of, Jesus. of Jesus. Sweet Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah, brother. I feel better already. You always do. <laughs> I do. It, it brings me up. I mean, it gives me a great high every time. Yeah. Thank the Lord. Getting you high. Thank the Lord. But yes, Mike, <laughs> I do want to thank you very much for being a part of the program as well. Did a great oh, job tonight you. and we will do it again tomorrow. Yes. Who's our guest tomorrow again? I forgot already. You already forgot Dr. Paul Cottrell. Dr. Paul. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> All right, Mike. Say goodnight to everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Michael Deacon program. Uh, I am your co-host, Mike Hideous. And uh, if you're interested in anything that I've done musically, you can go to my website, MikeHideous.com. That's M-Y-K-E, Hideous.com. And if you're interested in any of my art or photography, please go to HorribleArtwork.com. Thanks very much. Thank you, Michael. And thank you, everyone, for listening. See you on the other side. All right, brother. Good night, my friend. Good night. And there he goes, boys and girls, the co-host of the program, Mr. Mike Hideous, the one and only Mike Hideous. And I want to thank all of you out there for being a part of the program yet again, those in the chat room. And remember, if you want bonus content of this program, please direct yourselves to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. Patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. International listeners out there, thank you so much for your support as well. I appreciate all of you. It's been a good time. And who knows what's going to happen next. These are quite historical times, as they say. For better or for worse, history will be made. And this will be talked about. Not this show, but this pandemic, or plandemic, as they call it. Oh, yeah. Stay safe, everyone, no matter where you are on this island Earth. I'm Michael Deacon. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place. And life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody.